Hey there, it's Tony here from Marathon Mates. This week, we're sharing tips and tricks from our own personal experiences to help get you through your next running run. Are you ready to run? Let's go. Welcome to the thrilling world of the flying runner, brought to you by the Marathon Mates. Hey there everyone, I'm Tony from Marathon Mates and this week we're talking about how to get you through your next running run. We know they happen, that they happen to us on a regular basis and uh, hopefully some of our own personal experiences will help get you through your very next running run. But before we do that, let's just do a little bit of a, what's a catch up of what's happening in the last week it's been a pretty big week for my marathon mates there on the other end of the screen of course i'm talking about tim and tara so how have you guys been and you had a pretty exciting weekend i'm tipping <laughs> <laughs> so we traveled to the sunshine coast two days in a row from brisbane um it's not that far from our house it's only about an hour so it's not too far because we're on north side brisbane um picked up our race packs did a bit of a catch up with some friends on the day after picking up the race bibs and stuff like that on the saturday and we did majimba parkrun yep. yep so that's a nice little course there um that's moved from it was called town of seaside they've had to move it just due to um community issues i guess okay. but that's a nice park run now and then Sunday morning, we woke up at three o'clock and headed back up the coast again and <laughs> ran the half yeah. marathon up there. So it was great. Yeah, no, it was good. Majimba, Majimba Park Runs, um, it's on the beach. It's a spectacular location. The actual park run itself is off the beach. It actually runs on the, the um, coastal track, which is off the dunes at the back of the dunes. Okay. Yeah, and it's an interesting, it's out and back, but it's got a little twist in it. So you run out about 2.2 kilometres and then you turn around and run back 300 metres and then back out again 300 metres. So you turn back on yourself. So you're running back on parts where there's already runners coming into that section already. So it gets a little bit crowded, but it was a really nice course. And to, to be up there when the sun's shining on Majimba Beach, um, yeah. it was fantastic. And then, yeah, yeah uh, and then... Um, the Sunny Coast Half Marathon. That yeah. was fantastic. Got to catch up with a few friends and a few of our Outback Marathon friends were out there volunteering on course, so it was great yeah. to see them. It was interesting. I saw the um, – we were watching the live stream here on Sunday and it was interesting because our good friends, Kay and Jed, were volunteering. And, of course, Jed's very noticeable. He's a very tall man, <laughs> very handsome young man. We might have <laughs> And um, and we noticed him before we noticed Kay, but um, it was good to see them on the on the screen. So, how were your races? Did you did you achieve what you wanted to achieve? So I ran with Patrick. He wanted to run another half marathon, as we all know. Um, and neither of us were feeling very marathony <laughs> on Sunday. So we Patrick's had a bit of a head cold, so we were just cruising along and having fun at the back of the pack catching up with friends and 
having a good old chat to a few people that we know at the back of the pack. And yeah, we just walked around and just didn't really do too much. I think it was about 240 something that we ended up with. But Patrick, um, sorry, Tim, <laughs> not Patrick, um, Tim paced two of our friends to be a sub 220. Yeah. Which yeah. was good. Yeah. yeah. So you know how things are. Things never go to plan on, on race yeah. day. So the original plan was uh, Patrick, Tara, myself, and our friends Catherine and Juanita were all going to run together. And, you know, if we felt good at a stage of the race, we'd, we'd head off and see what we could do. Yeah. Uh, about a kilometre in, Patrick was starting to, to feel a little bit tired and, and fatigued because of the head cold he had, and he just wanted to back the pace off. Whereas Juanita and, and Catherine said, well, I'm feeling good. Let's go for a sub 220. So I actually enjoyed it because I got to run with with those two girls for a big chunk of the race mm. and um, became a motivator on the course. So <laughs> not only was uh, I running with those and then Juanita was able to go off and extend it and go uh, a bit further in front. But as we're running, we're picking up other runners who were starting to slow down over the last five, six kilometres, and they started to join our pack. So we had quite a big pack there all oh, wow. being motivated along by me, <laughs> trying to tell them what they needed to do and how to keep going. And I guess mm. having done the race for the last seven or eight years, that half marathon, uh, I know it very well. I know where the drink stations are. I know the twists and turns. I know yeah. the distances. So uh, it, was, it was nice to actually just give something back and, and motivate some others. And, and there was one guy in particular, Simon, that we picked up along the way who was doing it very tough and we were able to get him over the line in you know point where he was uh, chafing up badly through his nipples and there was blood coming through the front of his shirt. Oh. Uh, but uh, he hung tough and he, he got in sub two hours 20, which was a big thing for him. Uh, I think it was probably his first half marathon as well. But uh, it was nice motivating all these people and, and not focused on time, <laughs> not focused on anything other than being injury free because we've got a bigger race to worry about in six weeks time or less yes than six very much so i i noticed our friend terry frew ran as well in yes. the half and and uh if i remember his social media status was about running it at sydney goal pace sydney marathon goal pace and he yep. said it was the most comfortable race he's ever felt so <laughs> well, i hope that's i hope that stands well for you for sydney terry yeah, well, he, he ran past me and he was just cruising. He looked very comfortable um, and he just looked, you know, at one with what he was doing. He was, you know, quite happy in his happy space there and he would have been mm. uh, probably 17, 17Ks at that stage into the race. So uh, if he holds that form for the full 42, he's going to go well in Sydney. Yeah, well, but always... we'll say a big thank you to um, Jed, though, because Jed was actually getting the hose <laughs> and hosing us all. It was 20... <laughs> 29 degrees, and that was even in the half marathon. It was a wow. really, really hot day. Yeah. Um, so I would have hated to have been out there in the marathon. Like, I take my hat off to everyone that finished that marathon on. It yeah. just was a very hot day for August. And yeah. yeah. Stunning. Yeah. So if anyone hasn't done it, it is stunning. It runs along the beach as the sun's coming up, um, sort of over the top of the headland there. And then it comes back along the Maruchidor River and it's just stunning with the sun coming up in the morning and uh, clear skies. We haven't had a uh, haven't had a bad weather event at that course yeah. ever. It's always been Knock really on wood. Good, <laughs> always been really good conditions up there and generally gets some pretty top class runners. So I think in Queensland it would be probably the second biggest event in Queensland mm. as far as participation numbers and After probably Gold Coast, yeah. Gold Coast, yeah. I think it would yeah. be ahead of Brisbane now. 
Yeah, it's it's a really yeah. nice look. Personally, it's my favourite. It was my first marathon I'd ever done, and it's still my fastest marathon I've ever done. So, to me, mm. it's my favourite course only because of like favourite Australian or favourite Queensland course. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's hard to say, <laughs> but yeah, um, your favourite Australian. That's got to be Uluru. Uluru, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. No. And um, some great results out of the marathon too, Tara. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like. I, they went so fast. So we had 8,000 competitors, which was the most ever for there. Um, yeah. The Olympic course um, will be held at the Sunshine Coast yeah. for 32, 20 yeah. to 32 apparently. Yeah, so, so the Olympic marathon will be held up there on the Sunshine yep. Coast. They haven't actually said where the course is going to be, but... Um, given this is where the existing marathon course is, it may be in somewhere in around that Alex Heads, Malulaba, Maruchidor area, but we just don't know at this stage. Well, but, if they mm. use the same course, we had um, Jason Hunt. He came in at 2 hours 28. Um, it's not a flat course either, so there's actually quite some elevation mm. as you're going out and back again. So it's not huge amounts, but it is a little bit. Um, and then Beth... Mackenzie, she's from the USA. She did it in 239. So she was eighth place overall. And when I saw her running, she was flying. She looked comfortable, relaxed, just mm. really good form. So yeah. that was great. I saw her and she would have been about 34 kilometres, 35 kilometres into mm. the race. And she was just so smooth at that stage. She had it completely in control. She knew what she was doing and looking very comfortable. And Liam yeah. Adams, who did the men's half marathon, he did that on 102.55. And now the funny thing about that is, is that Patrick and I, we were, because we were just toddling along and having fun, we actually watched him finish. We were going past the finish line. <laughs> 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 we to do another 14K. So. Uh, he, he is a very interesting runner because we watched the live stream and they live streamed the half marathon and... I'm presuming that's because it's linked to like the Queensland Championships, yes. and, yeah. and I think the national championships now. Don't quote me on that, but I, I read that. But he's got like the fluoro tradie singlet, and then he's got his own custom design grease on it. So he actually looks like he's at work, and uh, such a unique character. And um, yeah, he ran, and once again, really interesting watching him run because there were multiple times during the half that he just looked like he was struggling, you know, and he had a head cold like Patrick. Yep. And um, he cleared his nose a number of times during the, during the running. And the person that got second, Andy, oh, the name escapes me right now. I need to look it up before the end of the show so I can acknowledge him. But he looked a lot smoother. But when Liam kicked towards the end, the, the second place runner just had nothing. And yeah. like it was just phenomenal watching that race. It was incredible. And there was quite a difference in the time differences between them, considering they were so close together at this, you know, like for quite a while there. So it was good to see. Yeah. Um, oh, and Jay, Jen. Jen Gregson. Yeah, Jen Gregson. Um, she backed up her um, for. The half marathon, she did it in one hour 10, um, yeah. so which was great. And the men's 10K winner, Jackson Peter Patterson, right? Jackson Pat Patterson, yeah. Right. Um, he was in 
31 minutes for 10 k so I'm like, whoa, that's really fast. That's uh, that's almost Cameron Avery pace for the cross-country. Mm. We ran yeah. about that last week in the, in the New cross- Zealand um, cross-country championships. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the women's 10K winner, Olga Fursova, yep. She's, um, she was at 32.49. But I must give a big shout-out. There was a police officer that was running in full kit Oh wow! Did the 10k and he did an amazing job. Like I watched him finish, and he was just looking strong. Like I don't know how you run that speed in a full. You know, everything was there. So he did such a great job. In heat and humidity, that was yesterday. So it was unbelievable. And once again, just watching the live stream with the women's half marathon was just phenomenal because it was a two-way battle that whole race between Jen Gregson and uh is it Ash here I am I should have I should have got myself prepared shouldn't I they were, they were um, very close Ellie Ellie Pashley that's it yeah, yes. Pashley. Yeah. yeah yeah they were very and, very close and and towards the end at the after Jen kicked away and Ellie just it would have been only 200 meters from the finish line or something and Jen kicked away and Ellie just couldn't go with her and Jen was talking in her after race interview that it was so stressful running alongside someone of, of the quality of Ellie the whole way. Um, but it was really, it was once again just an amazing race. And Andy Buchanan was second place in the men's. That's and it, yes. Ryan yep. Gregson, the husband of Jen Gregson, yes. came yep. third. So, yes. yep. yeah, fa- fantastic run, Jen's, everyone. Jen's starting to really crank it up a bit. She came third in the Gold Coast Marathon six weeks ago and then to take out first place of the women's half marathon she's really starting to 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 ramp up some of these results and get some good results and and it's probably all positive signs for her for maybe getting into paris next year for the olympics so Mm. um you know very good effort there from jen um in that race absolutely so before we go on to the new york marathon I, um, being the host, neglected to update our training for the week. So yes, yes. Sharon and I got through uh, 22 again on Saturday for the long run, which was uh, didn't have any time or pace or anything on it. We just wanted time on the legs. We wanted it to be a very easy run, and it was. But the biggest conundrum that that's now given us is um, I ran in a, in my Sakoni Tempest shoes, and now I'm really undecided about what shoes to take to to Berlin. So they were just a godsend. They were really magical, and the Tempest have taken a little while to come to me, but they just felt so comfy on on the weekend. So it was a really good uh, run, but it's left me with quite a quandary because I thought I had my choice, and now I've got two choices. <laughs> Maybe try one on each foot next week. <laughs> no, do, do not ever do that. Anyone who was ever running, do yeah, not try yeah. different shoes on the same, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, 
Yeah, so highly recommended the Sakoni Tempest for those stability shoe wearers. It's a, it's a wonderful shoe. And I think I'm at about 200K in them now. And for them to be just feeling awesome for a half was just great for me. So let's talk about New York. I've got the, they've only released the women so far, I believe. Um, and that they're gearing up for what they're calling the Battle of the Champions for the New York City Marathon this year. They've got the defending TCS New York City Marathon champion, Sharon, and I'm going to do the word, the, the last <laughs> thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sharon Lakidi, who's the reigning Boston Marathon and United Airlines NYC half. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, she was the previous defending uh, TCS New York City Marathon champion is Sharon Lakiti. Um, in the field also is Helen Obira. She won Boston and is the reigning United Airlines half champion. Um, the Olympic gold medalist and two, uh, 2021 New York City champion Perez Chichur. <laughs> Yep. And That's the cool. marathon world record holder, Bridget Kuskai, will headline the women's professional athlete, uh, athletic, um, the athlete field at the 2023 New York City Marathon. That's awesome. Four Kenyans. That is an awesome field, that one, and, and four top-class Kenyans. Hopefully they, uh, they stick together and push it out to about 30, 35Ks, pushing each other and, and, uh, and setting some phenomenal times. Mm. You haven't done New York. You've done New York, Tony, but it's quite hilly with the number of bridges that you need to yep. cross. So I wouldn't expect it to be a world record course, but um, it, they will push each other to a fairly fast time, I would imagine. Yeah, and Lakiti won it last year in her marathon debut. So that's becoming a thing, isn't it? First time you run a marathon, let's go and win it. We saw it in London this year with um, the sand, and then we saw it last year with... Um, uh, with the New York, uh, with Lakiti. So uh, 2.23, so, yeah, a little bit off the pace for what you'd probably expect to see in Berlin and Chicago, but uh, should be a great race. And for those of us that love racing as opposed to just fast times, it's it should be something to behold, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the four of them pushing each other and and the tactics are going to be quite phenomenal watching them as, as, you know, they start to surge at different times to try and take the other ones out. Will be mm. a good watch for anyone who's uh, who's going to uh, stay up and watch that one. Yeah, it's always a struggle trying to get some live streams, unfortunately, for a lot of the majors. And there's a lot of those scammy um, live streams out there. And I noticed even last weekend when Sunshine Coast were promoting their live stream, they were also very clearly advising everyone, don't click on any other link. They, they are just scammy, spammy things and unfortunately you see a lot of them come about when it's the the majors so usually there is an official live stream somewhere on youtube um and it's just unfortunately sometimes you just got to look a little harder for it so yeah we um we've we had a couple for the australian outback marathon that were on our page our, our um our uh, fly and runner facebook page and we're able to delete them and block them pretty quickly but yeah, any yeah. listeners, don't click on any links just as a yeah. pre-warning. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. never promote a live link to a, uh, a marathon or anything like that. So if you do see it on any of our socials, don't mm. click on it. 
Yeah, and we try and act pretty quickly, as I'm sure many of the other uh, pages do as well. So it's just, um, yeah, if it doesn't come from us, if it's not a flying runner comment, it's uh, not a link to be clicked. So, hey, let's talk about this running rut scenario mm -hmm. that we're talking about at the moment, because um, I have got no doubt, Tim and Tara, that there are people out there that have probably never, ever thought they were in a rut or that they've ever experienced what they would think was a rut. And um, as, as a person who's experienced a rut on a regular basis, and I'm, <laughs> I'm confident that you're in the same boat, it, it, I think it's important to start with how do we identify when we're in a rut? Because sometimes we just a single focus we're single-minded and we just try to work through hoping that things get better so just to, so i thought i'd kick off and then i'll pass it over to to you guys so i i think some of the the th reasons or the times that i can identify that i'm in a rut is when i start dreading going on a run so if i've got a long run this weekend and I'm maybe midweek and I'm thinking, oh, no, how am I going to do that 22, 25, 30K on the weekend? I'm probably experiencing a little bit of a rut. And that's something that, that I've probably got to look at. Um, you can also feel some stress around your long-term training plans when you're thinking, oh, no, there's eight weeks to go or nine weeks to go or how am I going to get there? Um, a common thing is when the cold mornings beat us and we stay in bed, you're probably in a rut. Yeah. Um, you've got some pain around your legs. Uh, some people experience ruts when they do similar training and it's like a similar sort of a schedule. And and it's interesting when we talk through that because there's some benefit in having a very consistent schedule, but a lot of people get bored and that boredom leads to being in a rut. Uh, ruts often happen when we're starting to build the miles in a training program we may feel comfortable doing you know fives and tens on a regular basis five ten k ten k but then all of a sudden when we're starting to look at getting some miles in the legs all of a sudden the, it's not as much fun we're not as comfortable and the last one i i think from my perspective um tim is that how do we fit it all in sometimes when we're really juggling a lot of balls up in the air you know we've got work with family we've got loved ones as you know unfortunately our dog was um our our family dog milton member of the family was put down on sunday he just um fundamentally unfortunately lost mobility and um and that all of a sudden there's something that's so much more overwhelming in your life that all of a sudden everything else just piles into significant insignificant so so sometimes that can then lead you back into a rut of coming out of that because a lot of people will actually find solace in going for a run um and while other people just can't think of anything else unfortunately of other than trying to fit whether it's stress of work or the loss of a a family member or just life itself sometimes it just gets on top of us so have i missed any tim and tara well, um no not not too many i guess um i'm going to be honest as well like tara and i have been in a bit of a rut for the last couple of weeks as well and 
um, this this episode's come pretty timely because of that that feeling we've had. Largely, it's come about, I think, because we haven't had a break um, this year. Essentially, yeah. in our training, we've we've come into the start of the year this year uh, with a marathon in Tokyo in March. Uh, so basically, trained all the way through January, February, and into March. Did the marathon there? Came out of that, and and pretty much straight away went then into the Gold Coast double training, doing the half and the <laughs> and then we've come out of that and then gone straight into training for Berlin in in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Fortunately, we've had this Sunshine Coast weekend that we've just had, where we've been able to go into a taper essentially. But the taper for us has been a bit of a let's just stop, or not stop, but let's just reset and 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 see how we go but a lot of it's because of that build up in training it's been so long it's brought about a bit of lack of motivation or 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 boredom it's a bit like what you said earlier that you're hitting that sort of eight week period to go Mm. uh in your training programs um and for us yeah it's cold in the mornings it's dark you know (laughs) it's easier to, to turn the alarm off and go back to sleep for an extra hour or so than to get up and get changed into your gear and go for a run so mm. yeah that that lack of motivation that boredom built on because of just constantly building on that on that training yeah um, i think another one with um the rut is without having any medical issues you start slowing down in your runs so mm. You can run normally, park run, for example, you'll quite happily do it at six-minute pace, you'll do your 30-minute park run or whatever it is that you do. And then you're just like, I can't quite motivate myself to get any faster or keep at that mm. consistent speed. So without having any medical issues or injuries, obviously, and you're just slowing yourself down without really meaning to, does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like yeah. Personally, myself, that's when I know that it's like, right, I'm in a rut and it's time just to reset everything because it's yeah. like, oh, wow, why is my parkrun time like four minutes slower? <laughs> from you know, And I can be running the same course. It's just a case that it's like, and it's a consistent slowness over a series of weeks. It's not just a week-to-week thing and there's no injuries or no other things happening. It's just I'm slowing down, can't yeah. be bothered. <laughs> can't be bothered running fast is really what it yeah. comes down to. Yeah, so starting to lose that challenge that um, most runners have on a on a regular basis. I know yeah. myself, Tara, that I was looking back at some of my times in 2018, 2019, and I'm looking that I'm going, geez, I wish I could run those now. <laughs> so, so I've been in rut since 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of talking like maybe a two or three week, you know, slow down, not maybe a two or three year that's, slow down. That's, but, a, um... that's a natural sign of getting older and why <laughs> Olympians finish yeah. running in their 30s and 40s because they just can't yeah. get any quicker. <laughs> and I find so it mostly with um, park run more so than yeah. just my yeah. general training runs because yeah. at park yeah. run you've got people to compete against as such does that make sense you've got that drive and that motivation to want to go faster because you've got to get there but it's when i am in that situation that i'm just like yeah i'm in a rut (laughs) yeah so let's start talking about some tips on how we can get out of that rut so i'm going to start with you tara um from a mindset perspective what are some of the little tips and tricks that you've employed in the past so i 
will quite often to get out of the running rut i'll go and we've got a spin bike as well that's connected to ifit and it's got a big screen on it i'll go and do a bike ride instead like a stationary bike ride um i'll do a different running course so i'll even do like um instead of getting on the treadmill i'll go outside and run the course that we normally run on a friday morning but we'll do it backwards does that make sense okay. like, yeah and it's a very hilly course that we do mm. on a Friday. So yeah. doing it backwards is actually much hillier <laughs> and harder. So yeah. it just will we'll run in the opposite direction. Um, I will run with different people. Like I love running with Tim, but quite often you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, grab, a, I'll grab a different friend and say, right, yeah. let's go for a run. Does that make um, Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change, it, change your mindset, change your purpose. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and reset those goals and, and and find the fun bit. You know, running with somebody new is mm. is uh, always good. Yep. Um, yeah, Tara and I we we run well as you and Sharon do together, but occasionally it's nice to to run with somebody else and do something different. Have, uh, have a, uh, yeah, have a different face beside you. I think is always and and I like what you said there about finding the fun. Sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to find the fun when you're getting up at, you know, some ungodly hour in the morning to lace on the shoes and do 21K. But when that sort of hits, I always remember what, what Robert D. Costello was talking about with the Indigenous Marathon and how they get them through that New York Marathon with a very um, uh, small uh, six-month window of training is remember your why, remember why you're doing that. And and often before they, the Indigenous team, when they're on the bus on the way to the start line at Staten Island, you'll they'll often do a live stream from within the bus where every athlete will share their why to the social media feed. And I remember watching that in 2018, of course, after we'd run the race. Um, and it was it's such a powerful thing to remember why we're doing that and sometimes why we're doing that is it's going to be different for everyone we might be prepping for a race we might be just trying to lose some weight we might be just trying to set some goals in our life you know and a goal for someone is maybe that whole couch to 5k program sort of thing that uh, gets a lot of people into running and we just yeah so there's some of the I, I think the little mindset tricks that we can certainly um we can certainly employ to make sure that we're moving forward. Um, it's interesting you talk about running with someone new, Tara, because you and Tim have built quite a community around your running journey. And and so in many ways, what does that community, um, how, how does that work for you? And what does having a training partner, how does that help? Yeah, so look, having a training partner, I've got a couple of really, really good friends that I only get to see when I'm running, unfortunately, just due to our our schedules and stuff like that. And we motivate each other to run as well. So it's not just a case that I'm motivating somebody else, they're motivating me because we have to meet each other. We've organised to meet each other. We've all got busy lives. Um, so to me, it's about... A mental health thing as well you get to debrief with somebody else that um, understands you as a person um, I know it's different for males and females but females 
really like to chat and talk. Does that make sense? Really? No. And I'm not somebody who will go to a coffee shop and sit at a coffee shop and chatter. Um, I prefer to, even if it's a walk, a lot of my friends don't run, though you prefer to walk. I'm happy to walk, um, but it's just nice just to have that different motivation. Um, I guess my main thing as well when I get into a rut, I always think about the people that can't run. So there's a lot mm. of people that have lost the ability to run, that have got health concerns why they can't run. Um, I always put that into my head and say, I'm still moving forward. It doesn't matter how fast, how slow yeah. I'm going. I'm running for this person at this time. So yeah. I'll always put somebody in my head going, I might feel bad, but I'm doing it for this person now. This mm. runner's for person so yeah yeah and i think for me as well um talk about the community and that's what i talked about earlier on i, I ran with catherine and Juanita. tara ran with patrick on the weekend i've actually found a bit more of my mojo back now when it comes to running just after mm -hmm. doing that i really didn't spend a lot of effort or energy on the weekend i was mucking around the whole time having a good time cheering everybody else on on course but I found that fun again. I found that that enjoyment back into it again. That it's now yeah. got me fired up. It, I get inspiration out of you know people like Catherine, who's who's only done her second half marathon that I was running with. Who, what seven, eight weeks? No, more than that. Probably twelve weeks ago, did her her first one at Brisbane half marathon event. Ran about two hours thirty, and said yesterday, I'm feeling okay. Let's go for two hours twenty, and was able to get her home in two hours nineteen and. And, yeah. and target and i actually get a lot of inspiration out of that and same with Juanita. She, you ran into her last year on the course she was struggling you became good friends you got her home mm. this year she's gone out there and smashed out an awesome time on the course um yeah. ahead of myself and and catherine because she was feeling that good and found some other yeah. people her running club that she's in and was able to to come home a couple of minutes in front of us so they're the inspirational things that i get that actually gives me that that little flick that, of yeah that pick uh, that pick up that pep yeah yeah and and now this week i've come home today and i'm feeling good we've done our stretching today and tomorrow we'll get up 4 30 we won't be sleeping in i'm feeling like tomorrow's the start of a, a new yeah. mini block of training that we've got now for the next four to five weeks before we start the next paper so excellent excellent and everybody out there <laughs> and, and often one of the things that you two talk about when you're doing your your long runs especially is you know saying g'day to people and yeah. you know chatting with people and meeting up with friends on your long run and in many ways that community has helped you keep going during this constancy of of um of training and um and i think that there's a real benefit there in having being outward in saying hello to people and encouraging others and but can i tell you every now and again when i'm towards the end of a of a long block and you know there's a bit of sweat all over me but my face is probably a bit red I'm feeling not like I did when I started. And it gets pretty challenging some of those times to say g'day to people or how you going. <laughs> and, and sometimes in that little dark voice inside my head says, 
yeah, it's all right for you not to say hello. You've just started your run on 20K. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> but but it does work because eh? even when you're running a race and especially when you can see people when it's a loop and you can cheer people on coming past you as well, I, I find that that always gives you a little bit of right. a step. And just one of the little things that I've always found as well is that if ever I'm feeling a bit down and out, sometimes just going and buying something new so whether it's a new training top or whether it's a new pair of shoes um, it just gives you something to look forward to for when a when they show up because most of these purchases are in, in impulsive things online <laughs> and um and so you get excited for when they're showing up but then you can't wait to wear it in whenever you you're going to do that so that can also create a little bit of a pep to get you out of the rut now i'm not suggesting go out there and buy new shoes every time you get in a rut but but i have that found that i found that it works for me so it may indeed work for you so um tim i'm going to talk about something that may seem a little bit contradictory and for some but um, they're two absolutely relative strategies. One is about being consistent in your training yep. um, to get you out of a rut, but the other one is about mixing up your training to get yourself out of the rut. Now, you guys are relatively consistent in, in how you do your long runs, how you get your miles up. So do you want to talk about being consistent in training? Yeah, yeah. So we... We have a, a set routine pretty much through the week. So um, starts off on Monday. Monday morning is a stretch session. Uh, we stretch for about an hour, 45 stretch minutes to strength. an hour. Stretch and strengthen. So we get up about 5 o'clock in the morning. We, we stretch out our legs. And it's usually because we've done the long run on the Sunday. Yeah. Tuesday we then get up and we'll do a you know five to seven kilometre run, whether it's on a treadmill or whether it's out on the roads. We're fortunate. We actually have two treadmills, one, one, both of them side by side, um, and they're connected to a thing called iFit, which allows us to run uh, the same courses at the same time and and to to sort of track each other as we're going. It's along. Just that so, Tim's treadmill's on like level fourteen, and mine's on like level twelve when yeah. I'm sprinting type so, thing. So we can get on there and and we do that. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are, are either treadmills or run the roads around that five to seven Ks when we're doing it. Yeah. Um, Thursdays is a rest day. We actually get to sleep in. That's our one day of sleep in during the week. Um, <laughs> Friday, again, is just a normal, uh, we, we tend to do an easier run. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are sort of the harder runs. Yeah. Uh, short, shortish, sharp type run, but speed. Thursday's a rest day. Friday's an easy one. Park run on Saturday, which is 5K, which is generally uh, at a pace that we feel comfortable at ourselves. Sometimes we run it together. Sometimes I'll go hard. Tara will go hard. Sometimes we'll back it off. It's just what we're feeling on the day. It's more about how we feel. And then Sunday's long run day. And that, as we sort of said, we try to use a foundation of around 21Ks and then we build it up or down based on how we're heading into a, a particular race or something like that. So that's a typical week. Typically, when we're waking up, we're waking up to do our runs at 4.30. We have the set same time every week, every day. Um, so we build that rest, discipline of getting up at the same time. We build a routine yeah. around that, which whilst we've been in a rut and we haven't been doing that as religiously, when you are in in, in that 
process, it takes a little bit of that rut out of it because you know you've got a time, you know the alarm's waking up, you know what you've got to do. You don't have to think about it. You just get up and you do it. Yeah. It does help having a training partner next to you so Tara can, you know, push me out of bed or I can push her out of bed if we're not feeling it or whatever and we can motivate each other, which is a big thing. Yeah. If you don't have somebody that's that's next to you, then obviously you need to find that why as to why you do it and what's going to get you out of bed. Mm. I know a lot of other people who are, are single runners in their family, they'll meet up with somebody and that's their why. I don't want to let that person down. I've got to meet them at 5 o'clock at the you know, the park or at this yeah. location. So I've got to be there at that time. And you're committed to it because you're part of a team. Um, yeah. You feel like you're part of that team. So those are the sort of things. Running your long runs, treating them like a race day, using them to, to do your practice for your nutrition, your hydration, any new running gear that you've got, your running shoes, your running belts, your, your nice shiny things that you've bought because you've been in a rut. Use them in your training runs because, as we all know, nothing new on race day. Race day. Um, and, you know, as I said, don't get too worried about pace. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. if you're training for marathons and everything else, pace is largely irrelevant. That comes on your short, yeah, it comes midweek through your shorter ones, anyway. ones, you know, whether it's through your intervals or through your, your park runs or whatever. But at the end of the day, when you're doing your long run, it's about just getting into that rhythm, finding your, your pace that's comfortable and just working your way through it. Obviously, yeah. if you are going for a particular time, you do need to work up to that pace and you do need to do that pace. But you need to be able to um, enjoy it and not be so focused about times all the time. It's just about sometimes just doing what makes you happy. And we've yeah. cut runs short because we haven't been happy. We've actually extended runs before because we're actually enjoying the moment of what mm. we're doing that we keep going a little bit further because it is nice. Our bodies are feeling good. So, so why not keep going? Yeah. Um, We're but, very religious on a Saturday night as well. So before we go to bed, Tim and I will always wear a hydration pack each, especially here in Queensland, whether it be winter, summer, even though where we do run, it is, has got water stops. I like to be able to drink when I would like to drink. Yeah. Um, so we get out all of our running gear. It's like what we would do preparing for a race. Yep. Everything out, our nutrition, our food, like, you know, we get everything prepared the night prior. And because it's prepared and ready, we're like, well, I've got all this stuff out and it's sitting on the kitchen bench and I can't be bothered putting it away. So I'm like, <laughs> Let's run. get out there and go for a run. So it's interesting the way you, you talk through that, Tim and Tara, because you've talked about consistency and routine, but you've also talked about a couple of different things that you're doing throughout the week, which mixes up the training. You know, you talked about your stretch and strength sessions. You talked to interval training. You talked about the park runs and you love getting out there on a Saturday and going to a different park run. So even though you've got that consistency of routine, I, I think you can also see, hopefully people can see that there's also that there's different training in there all the time. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We definitely, I, will, I would love to run every single day, but as a functional runner, you have to build in that core strength. You have to do cross training. You have to do your stretching. You have to do your maintenance. You can't just get out there and run. Um, and I think by doing those extra sessions like you know my stationary bike or core work or strengthening or whatever i'm doing that helps me become a better runner as well um and park run is great because it it introduces you to new people 
So mm. whichever park run we're at, like even Majimba, we knew people at Majimba <laughs> Park Run. So yeah, there were people you know, there that we knew. So shout almost to, almost uh, every park run that we go to, there's somebody we know. Yeah, shout out to the wow. team from BSB that yeah, we saw the up there BSB. at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of one of the things that I do as as well, just to mix it up, is that um and and to be honest, I don't do this enough, but I I quite enjoy sitting back maybe the night before or two nights before planning a, a different long run, for example. Mm -hmm. So and so getting out my Google Maps and then starting to look at different places that I might want to run. So planning a new run in itself. Um, can sometimes really give you that boost to get up because you're not just doing potentially, you know, um, the same run. So mm -hmm. long run strategies and the long run itself is probably where most people will tend to think that they're in the rut when they're starting to dread doing their long run. And we've talked a little bit about your long, long run strategy, but do you want to just talk us through it again, just for the people that may not have heard? Um, your long run is quite a consistent long run in location. Mm, yes. And, so and then you sort of stretch it as you build. So just walk <laughs> through it again. So we, we It's like a rubber band. It's like a rubber it, band. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing with that is, we see the same people so we get to make some really good friends we've made some really great friends from <laughs> running in the same location so one part of it the first six k's we see the same people yeah. um going yeah. across the ted's mount bridge we see a varying mixture of people and then over the other side of the bridge out towards woody point we see people like terry usually um we see a whole different group of people again that we know they're the snobs that don't want to cross over to the <laughs> side of the bridge um no 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 it's not no. real um and then from woody point through to like margate area it's a whole nother set of people as well yeah. so the further through that we go on to our long runs we know that we're gonna oh yeah we'll probably catch up with julie and ron or we'll see mm. terry at this point or we'll, yeah we'll see shell or like you know we'll, we'll see somebody that we know in each different spot and it's great yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Yes. and then when we see somebody in the spot that we wouldn't expect them to see like sandy fatty we quite often mm. will see in different spots and we're like what are you doing over here? You know, we normally see you over there. So it, it's quite good. It's yeah. that, And that's how we do. Yeah, so it, it is the same course. Um, we generally try to run, as we said earlier on in a previous episode, about 21Ks most weekends. Sometimes it's a bit shorter for tapering or, or whatever, but on average it's about a half marathon most weekends out there. It is a – we're fortunate it's a flat, flattish course. Mm. Um, mm. It's unrestricted. There's no road crossings on it. We can run – uh, actually 21 kilometres out and turn around and come back 21 kilometres and run a full marathon without crossing a road. So we're very fortunate where we are. But um, when we want to extend into longer runs, we will generally extend them about three-kilometre intervals. So yeah. we know we can get to 21Ks easy enough. That's our body's accustomed to that. If we need to train, which we do for marathons, we'll go 21, then to 24, and we might hold it at 24Ks for a week or two. And then we'll move it up to, say, 27 um, and hold it at 27 for a, a week or two and then move it up to 30. So in three-kilometre chunks, uh, reason being, as I said last time, if you think of it as it's an out and back, which is what we do, 
an extra three kilometers is only an extra one and a half k's yeah. out, which is only about another 10 to 15 minutes at most of running, yeah. maybe 10 minutes of running, um, depending what you're doing. So you, mentally, it's not a big slog. It's okay, I've only got to go for another 10 minutes to get to the turnaround, and I can then have a drink of water, or I can take a gel and turn around and come home or whatever at that point. Yeah. So it's mentally not a big slog, but you get an extra three days, but it's also just that gradual increase so that your body can adjust to it over time. And our bodies are so, I mean, I can tell you the 3K mark, the 6K mark, and before my watch does. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, I yeah. know exactly when my watch is going to hit that time yeah. mark because of doing it so many times. Yeah. I understand why people do like, like yourself who do different um, courses and stuff like that. I am somebody who likes that familiarity of like, yep, there's a toilet stop here at 1.5K yeah. yeah. or there's a toilet stop at 7.8K. You know, yeah. I know exactly where everything is. So for me, I'm a consistent person. Yeah. Tim would be quite happy, I think, to run yeah, I don't wherever mind. he wants to. I, and yeah. I've done that. I've had um, previous jobs where I've travelled a lot around Australia and so I've had to um, find new running routes in in distant towns and cities mm. um you know wake up i still had that discipline of waking up at 4 30 in the morning i'll get up and i'll go for a run whether it's a run from north sydney over the sydney harbour bridge down around the rocks and and um sydney opera house and then back or whether it's around you know a, a small little town called pine creek in the middle of northern territory or whether it's up yeah. in roma or whatever i'll try and find somewhere to go for a run even when i am traveling to yeah. to keep it going i don't mind new routes it's why well we do uh, park runs we've done 68 or 69 different park run locations now and they're great you know because every yeah. week you go to a different location you you find a new 5k course to run so yeah uh, it mixes it up and it and it's you know it works muscles a bit differently because there's hills in different spots as well yeah we um we had to change our long run strategy and and i always put it down to when we were training for Tokyo back in 2020. And of course, when you're training for Tokyo or any of those early marathons, you're fundamentally running through Christmas and summer and it's yeah. hot. And we'd mapped out a run this day and we were doing a 25K long run. We were starting at North Shore in Brisbane, running down Brecky Creek Road and then following the river pretty much all the way through to... The, the city and then coming back and um everything was going well uh, until the sun sort of came up yeah and um and i remember i i we would have been maybe 18k through and i just said to sharon I, I, we need to just stop and and we ended up ubering back to the car where we parked at north shore and while we had mapped out that route because there was enough water stops along the way, um, it was just, there wasn't a lot of shade. There wasn't a lot of, it, it was a great run, but just not well thought out. So I'd, I'd been looking for another strategy than just going out and running 20K in one direction, then just coming back. And and just to make um, some sense of it. And I stumbled across on one of the podcasts that I love, the long run podcast, what they call the compass run. And it really, when I heard about it, I thought, geez, that sounds good actually. So I'll just walk through what we do. And while our 
the routes that we now do are probably very similar each and every week. Uh, our compass run is all about getting a central point. And so it could be your house. It could be um, a, we park our car. for. So our central point is we park at Cleveland RSL. And we have all our drink bottles set up at the back of the car. And so, and that's our central point. So a compass run is fundamentally, if you think of a compass, north, south, east, and west, you head off north, you run for whatever the the run is. So if it's a 20K run, we're going to go 5K, and we're going to do a 5K um, loop, basically two and a half Ks up north, and then two and a half Ks back to the car. We then... Obviously, on the way to the car, we've got our nutrition with us. So we take our gels and that as we're getting close to the car, wash it down with a drink, and then we head off for the south loop. So we'll go two and a half and two and a half. And we do that east and west. So we can do it for a, a 10K. We can do it for a 15K. We just run three loops. Um, we can do it for a <clears throat> 20K. We run four loops. Now, each of those 5K loops, we can add, like you do for your long run, we can add, uh, we can add another kilometre on. So we know exactly what to do if we need to make it a 7K loop. So all of a sudden, you can do four 7K loops and you've run 28. So um, so it, to me, it took Sharon a little while to get used to it because she doesn't like the concept of stopping. But as we've sort of walked through a lot of walk stops now through the drink stops of races, it starts to make a little bit more sense that, okay, we just stop, we take a drink, we check each other, how we going, and off we go again. And you might be standing still for between 30 seconds to maybe a minute. So um, the longest I think we've ever had is I forgot my nutrition belt the first time we took off on a loop. <laughs> And I realised that at the 3K mark. And so, of course, when I get back to the car, I've got to put the loop. So it was about a two-minute stop, that one. But it really does seem to work because at any one stage, you're only ever that, you know, two and a half Ks away from safety, so to speak. So you might blow out at 18K and suddenly realise, hey, I've just got to go back. And, and so instead of being 12k away from safety or 13k or 15k if you're if you're doing a a 30k long run with a loop you're only ever that 2k away and it's just a really comforting place to be and so but what we now do is every long run we park at the cleveland <laughs> rsl we so we've still got the same circuit so to speak we just do it in a compass run and and if we sometimes we'll start going to what we call Milton's Reach or sometimes we always do Cleveland Point, the last loop, because that's the one we most look forward to. Um, so it's just a, another interesting way that people can map out a long run, get some legs, uh, some miles in their legs, but still have that comfort of knowing that you're only ever, you know, maybe 2K away from your car. And most of us, even with... Um, a bit of an injury can make that walk relatively easily. So, so it's a it's a strategy. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think I might um have to adopt that one. That's really good. I really like that because I have been quite often been at the fifteen k hour on a thirty k run and just gone. 
Oh dear, I've got, I've got 15 Ks to go to get back <laughs> to that car. And it's and it's daunting. So yeah, I, yeah. I really like that just to break that up. Yeah. That is a really great way to break yeah, up that car. Yeah. And we are, personally I've found it so beneficial. So I've I've got to thank the the team from the long run podcast who brought that up. They also talk about doing loops. So they might have a just one loop where people can do a 5k and once again just have a central point where they've got their drinks and their nutrition and everything set up and they just do however many loops they need to do so you're running the same loop i like the compass run because it's different you know, four, four different loops so yeah, but it's a second loop and going out onto the third loop it can be a bit <laughs> mind-numbing but yeah i like that idea i really do i think um like you talk about when we get to 15Ks, the thought of running back. But, again, we chunk it down a little bit. So yeah, we know when we're at 15Ks, it's 3Ks back and we're at Woody Point Jetty. From there, it's another 3Ks and we're at the start of the Ted's Mouth yeah. Bridge. And then we've got three kilometres over the bridge. So yeah. we break it down into 3Ks sort of chunks as we're running. Yeah. And, and do the way. same sort of thing that you do yeah. where we sort of have a reset, have a drink, mm and then keep going but yeah the safety of the car seems really good actually <laughs> I, I never want to catch an uber back from a long run so <laughs> hey um what's the role of music and podcast for you guys when you're training well we we, we both run with music we have aftershocks headsets so that yep. allows us to be able to communicate with one another talk to one another and have background music in there um and hear the cars and hear the cars and everything else or people for me i've got about 220 songs on my running playlist so i don't get bored with the same songs every week it's all on shuffle play um in fact there's probably more than that on there i can't remember now mm. what the latest numbers are but it's an eclectic mix so i don't have it all at high high beat numbers so that you know it forces me to run quickly i actually find personally there's times in a run where i just like some mellow background music where I can just zone out and then there's yeah. other times where you know put a bit of ACDC on or put a bit of other sort of you know hip-hop type stuff on that's got a bit of beat to it can really get me going and out of that rut as I'm running I don't personally run with podcasts which is uh you know I know horrific for somebody who's a podcaster but <laughs> I find that you know I don't need somebody talking to me in the background I know others do but for yeah. me uh, I've got Tara next to me when I'm doing those runs. And yeah, so and I talk, talk enough. And we <laughs> and we talk to one another as we need to. And then there's moments there where we might not talk to one another for a kilometre and we're just both in the zone, focusing on mm. our breathing, listening to our music. Um, so for it is for me, it's an important part. But it took me a long time to get into music. I was, I was what they call a naked runner for a long time. It doesn't mean I didn't run with clothes on. I ran with clothes, but I didn't have my watch. I didn't have my music. I didn't carry anything with me. I tended to just want to keep everything light when I first started running. And, you know, Tara used to always talk about, you know, how she found music beneficial. And it was really only when I got into my long marathon running, um, it was probably the second or third marathon that I just got, gave up and said, okay, let's give me some music and give this a try. It's getting a bit boring running without something. Yeah. Just have thoughts. Um, for me as well, I tend to, I have a, a job where I need to be strategic. So my long run becomes a part of where I, strategize for work it's where i you know, i say it to my boss all the time give me something on a friday afternoon and i'll come back to you with a solution on a monday after i've done my long run because yeah. i've got three four hours you tend to on a run you tend to stew over what the problem is and you can you can solve it all and map it all out in your head so um 
for me that's that's the good thing with music i can turn it up i can turn it down i can turn it off but mm. i like my podcasts um especially if i'm just doing time yeah. on legs there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of runs where i just go I'm not running, like, because I'm in the rut, obviously, but I know I need that time on my legs because I'll have a marathon in six weeks' time and yeah. I know I need to have at least time on my legs. It doesn't matter yeah. about the but I need to have three hours of time. I'll sit there and I'll go, I'm not listening to music for this whole three hours, and that's when I do listen to a podcast, and yeah. I love it. I, I certainly don't run with a podcast only because I like that upbeat music and I'm different to him. I have things like Eminem and, you know, I have the heavy, <laughs> the, you know, the 50 cent and, you know, like music yeah. that I normally would not listen to um, yeah. as a normal thing, but I have music that makes me fire up and want to run. Um, podcast for walking, though, absolutely. It's fantastic. Like it's just you, you lose yourself and then you're like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm three hours into my walk and I can finish yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I enjoy the uh, podcast on long run training, but on race day, I'll listen to music. So, uh -huh. um, and the music I listen to is, um, I, I do another podcast, as you guys know, called Unfiltered and Undiscovered. It's a music podcast. And whenever we talk about music or talk with an artist, I'll add that music to the playlist of what the Unfiltered, Undiscovered playlist on Spotify. And there's a lot of new music, there's a lot of old music, there's a lot of different music. And uh, I think we're now at about 245 or 46 songs with that. And so now before I go off to do another race or something, I'll always uh, let everyone know that I'm going to listen to the podcast, uh, sorry, the music playlist from the podcast. And then whenever I get back, I always say, and the song that was playing as I crossed the finish line was this one. Ah, and it just gives yes. just gives yes. us something else to talk about on the on the podcast. The only time that didn't work was the first time I ran the uh, Outback Marathon and my headphones died. So <laughs> I um I try to uh, do the majors, I try to find a, a theme to the major in my music. So when I did London, it was the clash, mm -hmm. London calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Birds of Tokyo when I was running in Tokyo. I think I'm turning Japanese as well was on there, I think. <laughs> um, then I've got to find something for Berlin. I know there's a group out there called Berlin, so maybe I've got yeah. to find music. It's probably a bit slow for me, but something German I need to put on there. Um, yeah. And it's nice to, to have that come in when you're running in those countries and you feel, feel a bit Abs uh, Absolutely. Now, yeah, now I'm... I, I feel that sometimes we can talk forever and it uh, I've just looked at the time we're over the hour Sorry. so so no that's that's awesome but um, but <laughs> we probably need to start thinking about winding her up otherwise uh, I'm, I'm not sure if a four-hour podcast is what our listeners want <laughs> um, but, no, but just... talk to Tim's funny so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah so just the um, the final bit that I just want to share is that um, during training, there's lots of times to give yourself uh, what I would call our, our mindset um, matters or our measures. So celebrating some small wins along the way. So if if I've, during the second leg of the compass, I'm starting to feel, oh, my God, I'm not going to get past the second stop, and then I get off and do the third loop. I, that's a win. That's I celebrate that win. I, I got going again. I didn't succumb. 
Um, but there's some really simple ones as well, things like keeping a smile on your face. So, and and I know that that sound, there may be some people going, oh, yeah, as if that's going to help. Try it's it. Fun. It really does. Just yeah. keep a smile on your face. Uh, look up, look around. There's nothing on the ground that's going to help you. <laughs> so yeah. don't look down, look up and look around. It's, uh, you know, once again, there's that saying, nothing on the ground's going to help you and um, and you see so many runners just so focused on the ground and you're not going to get a bolt of lightning or some inspiration by looking at uh, on the road yes of course you need to look where you're going but the joy is in looking around and enjoying the the circumstances um you know do what tim does cheer on others encourage others but also you know that that self-talk that we all most of our self-talk can be negative and we just look for need to look for ways to affirm what it is that we're doing you know so um you're out there running it's a beautiful day um there's so many you are such a small percentage of the population out there early on a saturday or a sunday doing your long run and you should be proud of that. So affirm yourself, be really, really positive with that. So, And as Mari Mara says, it doesn't matter if it's a bad run, it's still progress. A bad yeah. run is always progress, no matter which way you look at it. So, yep, absolutely. 100%. So the final question is um, how do you celebrate after getting through a run <laughs> when you're in a rut? <laughs> Well, apart from the Macca's Thick Shake. Um, apart from that, <laughs> we're still waiting for that sponsorship, McDonald's. So. <laughs> um, we usually um, will have sushi for lunch, believe it or not, because <laughs> um, sushi is one of those, like we do grocery shopping, we do a long run and we're boring people who do grocery shopping together. And by the time you've come home, had your shower, got your grocery list together and you're like, I'm actually quite hungry. Yeah. Um, we'll celebrate with some sushi. Yeah. We'll go to sushi train and right, there you go. So, and that's not all the time, obviously. That's just a little bit of a treat every now and then. Or, or we sign up for another race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that oh. to look forward to. <laughs> Often we'll stop in at our favourite IGA at Cleveland there on Bloomfield Street and just get something nice for breakfast. You know, usually my breakfast is really consistent. It's just the protein with eggs. Mm -hmm. But um, but there's nothing better sometimes than just going to get some big, thick fruit toast and layering a big chunk of butter on and then having a nice cold iced coffee with it and yep. you know that that's celebrating getting through your long run so yep. absolutely. absolutely yeah so i hope that those tips have been able to help you or give them a try and see how they go and um, let us know how you go if any of them stood out and that they've helped get you through your next running run let us know or if you've got others, let us know and uh, maybe we can add them next time we're talking about a rut. Now it's got to be that time of the week. We're coming towards the end of the show and, of course, it's time for Tim's Funny. Oh, God. Okay. Um, this one's a, probably a little racy, but anyway, we'll give it a try and see how <laughs> we go. Um, so this guy, he's fallen into a bit of a rut. Uh, he's put on a bit of weight. And he's decided he needs to do something about it. 
So he calls this uh, weight loss company and asks them about their uh, their program. And they say, well, we've got a three-stage course. Uh, and he says, okay, send me stage one. I'm, I'm ready for this. So the next day, there's a knock on the door at his home and standing in front of him is a beautiful, athletic-looking female uh, dressed in nothing but a pair of Nike running shoes. And around her neck is a sign that says, if you can catch me, you can have me. So without a second thought, he takes off after her. And a few miles later, he's huffing and puffing and he finally gives up. On the fifth day after doing this, after chasing her every day, on the fifth day, he weighs himself and he's delighted with the results. He's finally lost some weight. So yeah. he goes, right, I'm ready for stage two. He rings the company up, orders stage two. And the next day, there's a knock on the door and standing in front of him is another beautiful woman. And she's wearing a pair of Reeboks and nothing else but this sign that says, if you can catch me, you can have me. So he takes off after her and he can go further and further chasing her, but he still can't catch her. And again, after a few days of doing that um, and following the same routine, he's finding he's getting in better shape. He's getting fitter. He's getting, you know, losing the weight. So he's excited. He's going, right, I'm ready. I'm ready for stage three. So he rings them up and he orders stage three to come along, the final stage. And the next day there's a knock on the door. And when he opens the door, there's a muscular guy standing there in front of him. (laughs) All muscles, tan, you know, think of the rock, but... You know, even better. Um, <laughs> not that I don't know what that really is, but anyway. Um, uh, I'm seeing this. Jason Romaro and The Rock together. Anyway, think of that. And he's wearing nothing but a pair of pink Sacconi running shoes. Yeah. And the sign around his neck says, if I catch you, you're mine. <laughs> I saw there where that was going and I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's the funny (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty cool hey um just before um i pass to tara to tell us what's coming up next week i just want to give a a real shout out to both of you um as you know many listeners may not know i've done about 800 podcasts over the last 10 years or so 800 episodes so i'm quite comfortable in just talking into a microphone and just making stuff up as I go. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I just really want to recognise how well you both are doing. This is your seventh episode doing podcasts and every time you guys just continue to get more natural and much better and just there's so much value to the audience. So I really do appreciate and I, I just think... Um, it's important to recognise that because you, you are doing so well and I'm so proud to be doing this uh, podcast with you two. So, um, oh, thanks, so with that... Less like deers in the headlights and <laughs> <laughs> starting to get there, I guess. <laughs> so, Tara, so, Tara, what's coming up next week? Oh, well, next week we've got Wayne Cooley um, from Cooley Health. Um, he's going to join us. He's raced triathlons, Ironmans across Australia and across the world. So when he's not training, he keeps Tim and I going. Um, he's our um, remedial masseuse. So you can um, see him for acupuncture, remedial massage, um, but he just knows exactly what we need as a runner himself. Um, he will tell us what we need as well. So not only does he keep our bodies 
going really well, but he gives us some amazing tips while we're on that massage table. <laughs> We've learned an awful lot about running from him as well. So this guy's a guru in nutrition. Um, he's got it all going. So really, really good guy. Can't wait to get him on, have a chat to him. You guys are all going to love him. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be great. Can't wait, can't wait. Sounds awesome. So that um, ends our seventh episode of The Flying Runner. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you've listened or watched this episode. Of course, we have our videos on Spotify and YouTube and audio is available on Apple, Amazon and Google Podcasts to name the three big guys, but many other popular uh, podcast platforms you'll find The Flying Runner. And as always, remember every step forward is a victory. Lace up, hit the road, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, happy running, everyone. Happy, happy running. running.